As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hold tight. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm here with, well, I'd say, the Greta Thunberg and Andrew Tate of rugby, Phil and Tim. How are we, boys? <laughs> uh, Who's who? I'll let you decide. <laughs> let, let our wonderful lead, uh, listeners decide. Hashtag Andrew Tate or Greta. <laughs> let us know on Twitter. Uh, <sighs> Tim, Tim certainly built, burns as much fuel as Andrew Tate on his, <laughs> well, on his travels. Well, I mean, they, they literally share the same private jet. <laughs> I did, I did fly from London to Manchester the other day. Ridic- it's ridiculous. No trains, so I had to fly. The world is ridiculous, well, I, I, didn't have, I didn't have to fly. Phil got the Megabus the other week, but I flew. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, not, a man of your means doesn't get the Megabus. <laughs> Phil's just a lowly, high-level executive at a major construction firm. Not a big-time celebrity. <laughs> it, um, well, it, it, it was no difference in cost from, the, from what the train would have been. The... Um, and, and you sort of think, oh, that's that's great. It's easy, nice and easy going on a plane. What a faff getting to Heathrow and then... Yeah, it is. Yeah. The whole it's, thing's a faff. It's a massive... I've, I've done it once recently, uh, flew down, and it was a massive pain. It's the flight... The train's just over two hours. The flight's like 45 minutes, but it's everything either side of the flight that's the, the pain. Now, do you know... We should just kick off straight into rugby. And I know you want to talk about all the important things this weekend, but we need to talk about local rugby first and foremost. <laughs> or Always. The second biggest game in Northwest rugby this weekend. Was. Coldy Ravers beating Ealing Trailfinders. Unbelievable scenes. That is ridiculous. Isn't it? <laughs> two, two of the most unique nicknames for teams as well. Trailfinders versus Ravers. Well, yes and no, because obviously Trailfinders is sponsored by the guy who set up the Trailfinders travel company. 
Where, yes. Whereas the ravers, they just love to rave. <laughs> <laughs> they were raving Saturday night. That's they sure. were. What an incredible story, eh? So before this game, they were basically 50-50 wins, losses. Uh, so to turn over Ealing, it's just incredible. I mean, uh, Ealing's women's, women's team has the same budget as Coventry men's team, just to give you an idea of how much money flows in and out of that club. And, well, here's, here's good old Coldy putting him to the sword. So absolutely love it. It is remarkable. It's, it will undoubtedly be a slightly different scenario surroundings to many of the Ealing Trailfinder players would be used to playing. Yep, yep. But, but it's a fantastic result. Incredible. Isn't it just? Uh, do you know Ealing finished this game? I think they had 12 men on the field. Did they? I, don't, I don't know anything about the game other than the scoreline. Yeah, so I think Cold Yards come from something like 12 points down uh, and it, the, the try was scored on the 84th minute to win it. Class. Oh, wow. Yeah. Absolutely class. Oh, can you imagine the atmosphere there? Oh, mate, when they got promoted, I mean, obviously I went there to watch Sale FC. I was rooting for Sale FC, full disclosure. But it, what a club. I mean, the atmosphere was quality. They don't have the infrastructure, probably. No, they don't have the infrastructure required for a championship rugby. But they all stand on the hill. They all cheer. They all get, get, get behind their team. There was a pitch invasion at the end. There was flares. Flares. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fully behind Coldy's adventure. You know what I love? You, you know that I... I know Coldy's players aren't like, you know, celebs that people... We'll get their photos taken with and all that. Um, but it will be that clubhouse would have been brilliant afterwards. All the players would have been in there with the fans having beers. And actually, there is a there's a little video bubbling around of is it Bordeaux? It is Bordeaux after a win at the weekend. Bordeaux, just the, the, I'd I'd love to see more of that. My, some of my earliest memories of watching rugby were going to I don't know what the league was before the Courage? before the, before elite, maybe it might be before the official league structure. But I remember going to a Saracens game. And in the, in, in the clubhouse afterwards, it might have been the Courage League, and in the clubhouse afterwards, um, all the players were there well, and you know, just singing songs, drinking beers, and it was great to see. But And Bordeaux were having a bit of a throwback. Well, do you know, where, before the podcast, we did the podcast, I went to watch Harlequins a few times um, when I was going down to London. And the first time I went to see Harlequins, uh, I managed to have a beer with Danny Grucock and Andrew Mertens. Cool. Which is cool. Awesome. They were just milling around like the stoop bar at the end of the game. And, and afterwards, loads of kids were running on the field, throwing balls around it. It was absolutely great. So I do think it's. Did it still you weigh happens. Danny Grucock? Did you weigh Danny Grucock, JB? <laughs> That's the important question. No I, no, I did not, sadly. But I already knew his weight, so it wasn't contentious. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> Linked to uh, West London, you being in West London, it makes me chuckle every time I drive to and from. Newcastle Falcons, as I did on fr- on uh, Saturday, uh, when I go past Richmond in Yorkshire, <laughs> see the exit for that and laugh at you accepting a job, thinking you were going to Richmond, West London. Yeah, that was a that was a bad decision, really bad decision. <laughs> but it is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. It's a hey, good good story. Well, the- uh, a bit more. Anyway, talking local rugby, JB, you had a big game against local rivals, Widness, right? Uh, we did, yeah. Widness Week, as we call it, in uh, Tok H, which basically tells you how much re- how, how much respect that, that we have for these boys. Um, cracking game. Cracking game for us. I don't know if Widness would think the same. But, um, yeah, we were the eventual victors um, 46-12 in the end. 
Which, nice. Now, that sounds like a big score. It, and it, 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 it is a big score. It, it, there's no hiding that. We did very well. We're very, very proud of it. doesn't really re- reflect the effort put in by, by Witness. Basically, front five had a bit of a field day in some respects. Uh, but they went two tries up within like five minutes. If you let them play in any shape, way or form, <laughs> you will concede points, which is how they win so many games so consistently. Some good uh, JB, uh, cliched rib, uh, backs, rugby league backs. Uh, yeah, to be fair, yeah, we have some. Ser- they've got one winger in particular who is just dynamite. Really? Yeah, and I tell you something else, which is really good about this game. Everyone's talking about referees leaving and whatnot. We had an excellent young young ref. Fantastic. I think he's about twenty, somewhere between twenty-two to twenty-four, I'd say. And I just thought he was one of the better refs that we've had all season, and it must be one of his first, one of his first games, you know, or first seasons at least because of his age. Absolutely superb. In fact, I'd say the best two refs we've had this season. I think one was 27 as a teacher over in Parswood School. And this guy, I thought they were both outstanding. That's really good. I, I'm very pleased to hear that. Mm. Yeah, I'm pleased to hear that. JB, I, I did speak to someone, uh, one of my fellow coaches at Ruffy Quirks Broughton Park under 15s was oh, watching yeah. you and said, um, he said, fair play, you can mention that JB had a couple of genuine good line breaks and made quite a few yards. Look, look I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Yesterday <laughs> wasn't about me. It was about all the other boys. <laughs> but but, but then, he, then he said, you can also ask him uh, to talk about trying to round the 15. Yeah, well, look, um, after smashing through a defensive line, as one does, accelerating, so obviously power, contact, drive through the contact, contact yak yeah yak then accelerate away well i'm already uh, triple threats so <laughs> to make the uh, quad factor i needed to put some feet on uh, on the fullback but they had three backs so you know thinking back about it i should have chip, uh, chipped over him but you know you can't you can't do it all can, can you split second decisions you've got to ask yourself what what would matteo carreras do that's what you need to, exactly look, what you need to have in your mind that split decision there separates the very good from the exceptional i'm just not exceptional <laughs> And, my, and just to round up local rugby, oh, go on, Phil, you're going to say something then? Oh, no, because I was going to um, segue into the Newcastle game, but yeah, let's round up r- local rugby. Yeah, just, just very briefly, because it's the Egg Chasers Bowl um, happened today in the Lancashire Cup, where oh. Phil Largan's Ooh. Sedgley Park under-15s took on my boys, uh, Raffy Quirks, Broughton Park under-15s at Sedgley Park, Ooh. and... Um, what it happened? was 33-0 to Rafi's boys. Oh. Yes, there we go. Have that log. And... Brutal. Well, essentially had a good win against uh, Preston. Preston. Yeah, they hammered, hammered Preston by 40-odd points. I think Preston made all the wrong moves with their co- coaching appointments. That would be my personal opinion. <laughs> but what do I know? Um, uh, who, what else is of note? Ail- Aylesbury beat notorious Englishman's, um, notorious Englishman Paddy Jackson's wild geese. <laughs> uh, and of course, your boys, Tim. Chalked My up boys, another Marlo win. Get on. Ch- chalked up yet another win. Yes, Marlo. Marlo. Oh, I tell you what, local rugby's so much better than all the other stuff. But this is what people are here for. Let's give them some Premiership action. Where do you want to start? Is there any? Is there any news? Uh, briefly, first, any kind of news? Hmm. No, is the answer. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. There. there was some. Also- oh, Nick Evans. Sorry, yes, that's a fairly big bit of news. Let's round. Let's go back round to Nick Evans later because I've got some thoughts okay. on that. And also, he's not left Harlequins. Is he not? No, he's on secondment or loan. Oh, because it's a short-term appointment, isn't it? It is. Four yeah, Six Nations. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's quite interesting in of itself. And I think Evans was talking about it today on BT Sport. It is interesting, mm. and also Gleeson obviously was doing that role. 
but evidently it looks like he will not be doing that role, at least yeah. in the short term. You know, and I should save this for exactly the thing I said we were going to do before, which is talk about later. I love the idea of coaches staying with their clubs, perfecting their art, and then going to England later. Mm. I really do. I like the idea of, uh, you know, if when I used to play football manager, yeah. championship manager, even when it was before football manager, when you get the international job, you keep your coach job, uh, you keep your club job as well. Rightly so. So um, I, I don't see, I don't see why Steve Balfour couldn't still be at Leicester and be doing England. Well, if I can do it on, if I can do it on football manager, <laughs> then they should be able to do it in real life. I mean, well, on a serious note, though, we expect the players to do it. We do. So their, their, pref- their preparation is slightly different. Um, it was interesting. I, I saw Borthwick. He was definitely at the. He was, which game was he at? He was at one Gloucester. of the games. He was at Exeter on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He was at Gloucester on Friday. I think he was at Quinns today. So I, I was actually thinking, this is probably Steve Borthwick's dream job. It's my he, dream job. Certainly. He just gets to watch every second of rugby that you possibly can do and you get and get paid to do it interesting isn't it i wonder what he thinks of all this so, so far and i wonder what difference it will make to his team selection on 16th of january which is a week tomorrow mm. exciting stuff isn't it it is that, exciting stuff that is exciting so do you want to start with newcastle i'd i'd start there go on then why do you want to start with newcastle so two reasons well three reasons one tim was there were you tim he I got, was he got to, that he got to interview the uh, man behind the incredible, or the man on top of the incredible quads that is Matteo Carreras. Good God, talk about Steve Steve Borthwick having the perfect job. <laughs> <laughs> two, so there's been two BT Sport live games at Kingston Park this season. I've been I've worked both of them, and both times I've handed a medal to Matteo Carreras. Wow, what's his English like? Because I didn't see your interview. I didn't see the game. Yeah, he's, he's all right. He, he was all right. Yeah, not bad. Not Where bad. was he playing before he showed up? More's the point. You, you should. My, I, I snuck a bit of Spanish into my interview. <laughs> oh my god! You're it, Feliz, you could... Feliz Navidad got in there. <laughs> <laughs> what just, does that mean? You're just like Joe Marler, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, what, what does that mean, Tim? Uh, Merry Christmas. Because I, I said it looked like you had a Feliz Navidad with your Argentinian compatriots. Oh, Tell us that. about that. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the pictures and stuff, but they. They all got together at uh, Julian Mon- Montoya's house. Oh, did they? I, I didn't see yeah. that, cool. that, but that is very cool. That so, is very cool. All, from all around, um, oh, yeah, from all the guys from around the UK. Because he'll be more, together. yeah, he'll be more central, being kind of yeah. East Midlands. And probably and on the best contract. And, he's the do- and, and he'll be on the biggest wedge, yes. so he'll have a bigger house. <laughs> very good point. Um, so, Mateo Carreras was at Jaguares, um, but only for one season before he came to Newcastle. He's only 23. Jesus. He's so young. I mean, I can't believe that. I can't believe any winger can go to Newcastle and outshine Radwan because of the quality of the guy. I know. It's like he's not there. Well, it, it almost is. Radwan is getting no head, um, headlines. Matteo Carreras is just doing everything. And it, including in this game, I think it was, uh, Tim, you'll know better, but he dumped, I think it was Matt Scott halfway through the second half. Correct. He absolutely smashed him. And Matt Scott's a big boy. He, he Matt Scott's an international outside centre. Yes. So, and Matteo Carreras is not a big bloke either. So, fun fact about Matt Scott, tends to avoid the gym because he puts on weights too quickly. Mm. As in good weight. Good weight. So, was meant to be a, a fly half of most of his career. Just gets too big. 
still plays 12 or 13. We've all got that problem. Don't we just? <laughs> um, yeah, so what was your impression of the game then, Tim, other than Matteo Carreras? Because he, he was doing everything. I, it seemed to be Newcastle's game plan was just give the ball to Carreras, which yeah, I can't see much fault with. Yeah, so I think what's important to remember is this is Newcastle's third home win in a row. The other two wins just before Christmas were against Sale. Bearing yes. in mind how well they're doing, mm. I think there's you've got to actually point out that Newcastle are doing some really good things. Uh, they beat Sale and Exeter. Their defence was really good against Leicester. And as much as we talk about Matteo Carreras, some young English lads have really showed up. Tom Penny was great. Brett yep. Connor was brilliant. And I think Dave Walders doing some really good things with, with their attacking shape. And Mark Wilson, in charge of their defence, is uh, is doing some really good things. So at yeah. home, they're, they're a match for, for anyone at the now, minute, and I they're five you, points off the playoffs. And then you say young. I don't think any of those boys are young, you know, unheralded maybe. I think, particularly Tom Penny, I think they're, I think they're all starting to get, get up a bit in age. Uh, how old? Yeah, quite, quite Brett, possibly. Brett Conan. I I thought he was quite young, but I could be I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I think is he from Carlisle? Uh, let's have a. Quick I think he played look. junior rugby in Carlisle or Penrith or somewhere, somewhere Car- like that. Born in Carlisle. Oh well, that's okay. Well, I'm on, on something. 20, he's twenty six. Oh, they are. There you are. Um, yeah, but anyway, so th- th- they were great, and they ha- they do have that X factor, and um, yeah, just it it was. It, and what was really nice, in terms, I was talking about earlier about the, the old school atmosphere in some clubhouses. There is very much a bit of that, and it's partly because the crowd's smaller and they need to work that bit harder. But Matteo Carreras was giving his boots to to lads. Everyone wanted... All, look, for, for ages afterwards, there were kids on the pitch playing and getting photos with players. And it, it does have quite a nice old school feel. And if they keep playing like that, then... We're going to have to send the TV cameras up there more often. Yeah, absolutely right. How did Carl, Carl Ferns got on? Obviously, he just dominated the game line. Dominated the game line, obviously. It's a giant silverback that he is. I, I don't know if I can share what one thing I found out about Carl Ferns. Bet you can. Uh, no, I probably shouldn't. I'll, I'll, sorry. That, that, <laughs> Give me a clue. Awful team. I, I'll tell. No, no, I'll tell you guys another time. But it's it's really nice. interesting. Anyway, uh, he he in a Macoven Apollo way. What I love about watching Carl Ferns is he. From minute one to whenever he lasts, he always looks like he's absolutely <laughs> knackered. Well, you know, if you want someone who can dom- keeps going. dominate the game line for a World Cup, I'm just saying. <laughs> just uh, saying. On, on the flip side, I, just just to round off chatting about this, it, the, as much as I've said, the context is that you know Newcastle beat Sale before Christmas. This is not a good Leicester team. That, that they are missing some serious players. Yeah, I disagree with you. I think and it's a great Leicester team. So I'm, I'm looking at the team no, and I have no issues no. with it whatsoever. No, it's no. a perfect storm for Richard Wigglesworth. You've got those coaches that have left and their two best players, Montoya and Visa, weren't in the pack. I, I mean, look, they're good players. I just don't think that the player. I think there's going to be a period of readjustment. I don't think it matters if Montoya or Visa is there. It's going to be difficult. For, uh, it's going to it be pretty difficult. If those two are there, don't know if it does. They, 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 only they can't players. get the gain line. They can't get. The, they can't win the gain line at the minute. They just cannot. And those two players do it probably better than better than any of them. But you've got also got the fact, obviously, Ford and Genge they've lost from last year. Yep. Add to that some of these players they're missing. It's but but one thing I mentioned on a previous podcast is absolutely important when you look at the table. Don't just judge it on what you see now. And Leicester are two points behind Quinns and Gloucester. Um, but Leicester have got eight games left. Six of them are at home. Yeah. Mm. Look, on Leicester, 
uh, you need to remember this because it's going to be very pertinent uh, in a conversation that we will be having in about 30 minutes time. They are stockpiling big boys, big young boys. And this is really important. I mean, they've got something like five guys who are over six foot six, uh, who are about 21, 22 and younger. So, Did you yeah. see that young lad Young lad making his uh, Premiership debut? He's played in the Premiership Cup. I forget his name. Ilioni. Ilioni, yes. Is this the... Big, strong boy. Yes. Is this the guy... Let me hang, let me get this right. I think this he is... He was the under-20s captain. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. So that would be yet another one that they've got. And they've got young che- the younger Chessum. Yeah, who's bigger than the bigger... The than older, the bigger Chessum. The older Chessum, who's then, still then only the, like 21. Camp, yeah, Cam Jordan, Ollie Chessum, George Martin. They've got some big, strong boys. They're recruiting well over there. They'll, and yeah, I want to have this conversation when we talk about Gloucester. Yeah. So, yep, you're impressed with Newcastle. Um, well, I mean, what they they're two points behind Leicester, right? But without the game in hand, uh, three points behind Leicester. Three behind Leicester. Ultimate rugby. Why New, do you Newcastle do this? five points. Newcastle. Why did <laughs> you do this, JB? Because it uh, gives Newcastle, me... <laughs> Newcastle are eighth. Newcastle are in eighth place, five points behind the playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, yes. they can make it, can't they? They carry on going, there's they can a te- make there's it. There's a ten-point spread. Bristol could make it. There's a, I don't think they will, but they could, because they're only ten points behind the playoffs yes. in last place. Do you know what? It's exactly why the salary cap is so good for rugby. So, um, if you think about this, if we had just a free-for-all in rugby now... We would not. We would have a dreadful league. We'd have two clubs, maybe or three clubs, who would have all of the talent and they could compete in Europe. And we'd be all saying how great it is. But we can't afford that as a sport. So we're going to have to lose a lot of players to France. France is obviously mm-hmm. the dominant league now. But you can't argue with the product which the Premiership is turning out week in week out. And that is because they're all spending the same. And when there's only you know the, the spread of points that you mentioned before, Tim. That's exactly what people want to see. I mean, the fact that Bristol are dreadful, but they could still <laughs> technically do something is amazing. You say that, so you say everyone spends the same, and pretty much speaking, that is true. But there must be there must be some other stuff going on because I was looking at the Bath squad and all the players that have been involved. They they must have. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. 21 back row players on their pay, on their squad <laughs> not even not even in exaggeration yeah and they haven't really got any i mean there's underhill who's outstanding then who are the other two who are your definite starters but underhill's injured half the time so you've got to have another two boys to back him up yeah um ted hill now but only ted hill 100% yeah but only because Worcester have gone yeah they happen to inherit ted hill yeah and then it's D. Carpentier's played with a lot of eight recently. Bayless, uh, Reed, Ellis, Miles Reed. I like, but hey. he's, he's probably Miles Reed is not a number eight, and he's not getting ahead of Ted Hill and Sam Underhill if they're fit. No, but you know Ted yeah. Hill can play eight. Uh, Reed is useful. We, Reed feels very much like the guy who you rely on week in week out when Underhill's not available. Which sounds like an awful damning with faint praise, but I'm just I'm it's just, not what I mean. I'm just looking at their back row. There's their starting number eight. If you could ever get him fit would be Barbary. Oh, is he there now, is he? <laughs> yes, of course. Jokes. It's all a joke. It's crazy. So, yeah, I'm looking at the list in front of me at the moment, and I think you're right, Tim. It's, it is about 20, 20 players long in the back row alone. Compare that to um, Gloucester, who've only got... 
They've got N plus one in any given position. I don't know. Gloucester, well, Gloucester's main focus is storing up as many ball-carrying back rows as they can find. Yeah, but they, they've, only got, they've only got probably six of them. They've got, so they've got a six and one spare, an eight and one spare, yeah. and a seven and one spare. Uh, did they, no, Bath didn't play this week, did they? No, they didn't. No. 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 Rest week. So, who watched Saracens Gloucester? I want to talk about this one. Me. Dynamite. Yeah. Absolute yeah. dynamite. Not only is it dynamite on the pitch, it was dynamite off the pitch afterwards, and dynamite on Twitter too. The whole thing was brilliant. <laughs> it was a it was a remarkable game actually. Wasn't it? I, I mean, mean it, for a low scoring game, there was there was three tries. One for Gloucester from Thorley, which was the pick of the bunch. That was the best try of the game. Yeah. And then there was the Malins try early on and the Van Ziel try after some very good interplay late on. But it was about much more than that. It was about... Well, probably the dominant thing throughout the whole game was the defence of both teams. Yes. Because they both shut down the other team for, for almost the entire game. Like Saracens, other than that Thorley try, they were, they were so aggressive. Well, I think that probably... Yeah, yeah the, the defence is definitely one aspect. I think the other aspect for both these teams is they don't stop. So it'd be very easy, wouldn't it, to concede against Saracens and say, well, that Give could up. be it, boys. You know, Give up. What's going to happen now? And likewise, Saracens just did not die. You know, you, they, you have to physically beat Saracens and make sure the whistle goes before they are dead. And they're just not dead. They just carry on going. As long as they stay in the fight, you know, they've always got, got a chance. Both these teams do this exceptionally well. Exceptionally well. Mm. What do you think about Owen Farrell? Come on. So, I thought, I thought Owen Farrell had his worst game for a long, long time. Worst game I've seen for a long, long time. Do you think? I thought he played all right in open play. So I think he took, certainly in the second half, he took three big knocks, um, one only minutes before the end. He didn't look right in for most of that second half. His kicking showed it, but I think some of his, his ball-in-hand play showed it. Mm, interesting. Huh? Um, but despite having a terrible game, he still won the match. Yeah. He's still... <laughs> he's still oh, God. It's amazing, isn't it? So he shouldn't have been on the field to win the game. That, I mean, that is the most contentious part, right? He should well, not have been there. It's there was definitely a red card shot, but the okay. as as um, it was Carl Dixon, wasn't it? Yeah, get as over he it. said, I can't can't go back. But yeah, yeah you, you're right. If that gets if if that had been spotted and looked at immediately, he's not on the pitch. Yeah, I mean that was a remarkable. I mean, I understand why Gloucester fans are very angry about this because they're a, a passionate bunch. Um, but if it's not spotted, it's not spotted. And Carl Dixon's got a lot of grief for this game. He get, I don't know why it he is. He gets but more Carl, griefs than anyone. Yeah, do you know what I think it is? I think it's because he's an ex-player. And we have been talking in rugby for the longest time. Let's get ex-players in who understand the game. Carl Dixon understands the game. And I think that's why you've got such a superb spectacle as Saracens versus Gloucester this, this week. Because at the breakdown, it wasn't that strict. And it just made for a great contest. Like, boys, sort it out yourself. To a large degree, that's how I want rugby to be, rugby to be played. And if he misses that headshot, it's not just him; it's him plus his officiating team. Yeah. So yeah. you know, if the officiating team are picking up things like dummy throws in a lineout, which I have not seen called for a long <laughs> time, and they don't pick up that headshot, well, that's not Carl Dixon's fault. So you need to get well, over it. Yeah. So that Gloucester—that's one thing I would be more disappointed about if I were Gloucester because that uh, that dummy throw—that's outside of the protocol that's not for a tmo and not for a turnover if that's not seen at the time by the referee or the or the assistant referee you're not supposed to chalk off a try for that reason exactly. oh, yeah. good point 
Yeah, so, you know, there are reasons to be upset. You know, Owen Farrell staying on the field probably isn't one of them. Yet, I do understand. So, um, so just, just on the Carl Dixon thing before we go off that, I, I, when I was watching this game, I thought he had a good game overall. Obviously, he missed that, but things like that do get missed. No, it's very flippant for me saying that if you're a Gloucester fan. Yeah. But I, I was watching this and I was actually thinking, I think Dick Carl Dixon has got better as a referee. And I think a little bit early on, he was probably overconfident. He was, he was one thing, he was accelerated in, to be in that position. Yeah. If he wasn't a former Premiership player, he wouldn't have been a, a playing at, a refing at that level as fast as he was. And I think early on, he was a little bit overconfident in his ability. I think he's he's got much better as a referee overall. I've never had a problem with him. I mean, I know people do get very wound up about some of the performances, but genuinely never have a problem. I've not had a problem with any of the premiership refs, actually, for a long, long time. They're very good yeah. as, as so, a full set. Well, yeah. On this on this specific, on the Owen Farrell one, so uh, I think Austin Healy actually put a bit of flesh on the bones because he was part of the commentary team on Friday night. And on Saturday, his perspective on what happened was... So the reason why Carl Dixon didn't go back and look at it, which he has got criticism for, is because there was basically a bit of a mis not miscommunication, but a little bit of a not quite precise communication between him and his TMO. He asked Claire Hodnett, was that incident in the last phase of play? Mm. Ah. He should when he should have said, because you're not because has if the ball's been dead since, you can't go back. But it was it was within the last passage of play it wasn't within the last phase of play i think okay. claire hodden it was a bit confused by that and also the the other important bit of information there is i don't the tmo i don't think actually spotted that incident herself at the time it was only because austin healy spotted it asked the director to get a replay ready and was taught he, he has a little button where he can just hit a button and talk so it doesn't go out on the telly and you can talk to the director or the producer. Oh. Get get me a replay of that. And it was only because as a result of that, the replay then came up that it became an issue. But because Claire Hodnett hadn't seen it, she wasn't, she didn't know when it was. And then when, so when, so then when Carl Dixon said, was it in the last phase of play? She, she just, she didn't know and they weren't clear. So it's tough, isn't it? And it, look, it that's why I have citing commissioners too. Yeah, isn't it? it's really tough. Mm. Um, it's really tough. I would say this: if I'm going to be a cheat on a rugby field, the last person I want commentating is Austin Healy. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking this. We should have <laughs> Austin Healy should be in a shipping container somewhere where he's got access to every single gate. If you want no infringements, you want Austin. I think Healy they should uh, build, him a, build, build him a castle and have a massive <laughs> citadel and have the chief snitch right, like right on top with all the games <laughs> beamed into the chief snitch. The stuffy spots is phenomenal. Isn't it just? He's, I can't believe you he's, spotted the. He's, the, like the demi rugby acumen, yeah, no, he, yeah, uh, no. His rugby acumen is amazing. But we have had so many uh, emails and messages on this subject, so I'm just going to share one from uh, Greg. Um, Contact headchasers at gmail dot com. He said, uh, just to follow up, lots is being made of the Gloucester fans and the Saracens players' actions after the game on the Twitter cesspit. So yeah, there was there was a bit of banter between There's Saracens more? players yeah, and the shed, as there should be. Uh, and um. um to, to balance this one, Greg's a Gloucester fan. He says that his two cents is that it's all fair game. The shed mocked the players in the game, mm. and for all and for all the Saracens players reacting after the game, going and clapping them, it's part of the pantomime. Um, 
and glad Sarri's lent into it. Genuinely think Gloucester fans would be better not doing it to Sarri's fans in the game, though, as it just fires them up. I also genuinely, and this is from a Gloucester fan, remember, I also genuinely love the pettiness from Billy V to post his first tweet in nearly eight months just to add fuel to the fire afterwards. Quality shit posting. Yeah, well... That's, um, that's someone who's, who's bit seeing the bigger picture a bit. Exactly right. So BBC comedian uh, Hal Cruden, who, by the way, by all, by all standards, is a, is a lovely bloke and a good rugby fan and all the rest of it, had a bit of a, night, a nightmare on Twitter. Posted something along the lines of uh, Gloucester fans, not some Gloucester fans, Gloucester fans are, you know, characters in the same way Joe Moore is a character. Unnecessary dig to a great rugby player, but a very strange dig to an entire fan base. I'm just thinking, like, this... I don't think you get Gloucester if you think that. I don't think you get the shed. I don't think you get the pantomime. I don't think you get any of it. And it also comes comes across as, like, a bit snobby. Now, two things can be true at once. You can be a great guy, uh, you know, so on and so forth, and also just have a misguided tweet. You just put some Gloucester fans. I'd probably get on board with that. But all Gloucester fans... I mean, every time I go to Kingsham, I absolutely love it. Mm. Yeah, it Mark Evans said, um, when he took over at Harlequins, everybody hated hated Harlequins. And his response to that was, well, we don't want everyone to like us. We just want people in, uh, you know, around the Harlequins area to like Harlequins. Preferably if they own Maseratis. Exactly right. You know, no one else is going to have Maserati parking except for Harlequins. <laughs> but this is what Gloucester does. Gloucester is a wonderful rugby club for the town of Gloucester. And it shows it week in, week out. And, you know, the, the people that show up in the shed are very similar in my mind to the people who show up at Northampton or show up at Leicester. We don't have enough passionate crowds. You mentioned before, Tim, that picture of Bordeaux and, you know, everyone going wild. Uh, that's the sort of fan base, I think, that Gloucester, Northampton and Leicester have. I mean, it should be celebrated and not looked down upon because they're not from affluent North London. Now, I'm sure he doesn't quite mean that. But, yeah, I just thought the you saw a lot of attacks from Saracens fans to towards, you know, the Gloucester culture there. I just thought it was a little bit untowards. Well, well, on that one, and again, we've got some some very balanced uh, Gloucester fans on this one. Rich Barber, contact tedchasers at gmail.com. Just a, a brilliant long email, Rich. I'm just going to pick out this part of it. He said, uh, we're rightly regarded as one of the greatest destinations to play and watch rugby worldwide because we're passionate, atmosphere, it's atmospheric and involved in events on the pitch. Absolutely true. Uh, definitely one-eyed at times, but generally knowledgeable about the game and respecting of great play, great players. And um... as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Although JB may dislike this phrase, ambassadors of and for rugby values. <laughs> proud of our club, proud of our players, proud of our city. Uh, now, he does point it out, he says, Friday nights are a bit different. The positive side of this is why BT insists on sending cameras there so frequently. Exactly right. The atmosphere... The atmosphere is electric, but it is worth acknowledging that the demographic is a little different. There's fewer families, certainly, and more younger adults, less familiar with the game and more interested in the experience and in consuming alcohol to enhance that experience. So lacking respect for the kicker, frustration directed at officials and singling individual players out for, at times, abuse are rarely seen at King's Home in the decades I've been attending, but all three evident last night um, on Friday night. Well, look, the kicking kicking one... Disrespecting the kicker. Good. I was going to ask, um, because obviously both of you have been to Kingsholm. I've never been there, although I need to rectify that soon. Yes. Is is that is that the norm at Kingsholm? In which case, to me, if it's a historic thing, it's okay. If you're in a tight game and all of a sudden you throw tradition in, in, in the bin and start booing the kicker, I don't particularly like that. Well, look, I'm happy with, with the tradition being the tradition of inconsistency. <laughs> so I'm 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 cool with it. Um, I, I don't uh, know the answer. The, I, I think the answer to the question is no. I don't think it's the norm. For, no. I don't think it's the norm, Phil. And I think it was context specific. I, were they booing when he was I, kicking I, I, or when he missed though? Because I think they were doing the Eeyore thing when he missed, which they, I think they were begging. Towards the end, they were booing as he was getting set. Ooh, tasty. But but then I I kind of love it because it's it's so Saracens to sneak out a win to yeah exactly find a way to win and then to and then for them to just go oh we've listened to this for eighty minutes and go and do a round of applause yeah. past the shed it's so Saracens I love it like, you know, look, I, I I generally have a huge amount of regard for both clubs a huge huge amount um, and Saracens have more than taken their lumps with all of this you know mm. you're a cheat this that and the other so they should know better. Um, but there is a reason, isn't there, that BT Sport have had, what, have they had three premiership openers at King's Home? They had Leicester Gloucester, did they have Exeter Gloucester, and I think they had another one at, at King's Home. So there is a good reason for them Ooh. going there. Uh, it's not just because it's... It's um, brilliant. Yeah. It's so good. If, if you want an exciting Friday night, it's basically the only place to go. Well, there's many places to go, but that would be my place to go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's, it's, right up, it's right up there. There's, there's, not, there's few better places to be on a Friday night. Excellent. Well, one one last thing in this game. Well, a few things. I, I, oh, it, you got more. Well, yeah. I mean, Ollie Thorley. Well, that, so that was the last thing I was going to mention. Perfect. Talk about Ollie, Ollie Thorley. Just to see a guy who is at his peak. I mean, there was a try he scored. I think it was against Leicester about ben three, Morgan, three going years blind. ago. Oh, yeah, ben, about three or four years ago. Ben Morgan. It's a steal under the, the post. Ben Morgan offloads to him inside his own 22, and he just Bye. goes for it. That... That try, but he's, uh, that season, he was just scoring for fun. He was carrying... Like Matteo Carreras is now. Uh, very very much so, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was beating defenders, he was hitting hard, he was running in tries all over the place. And last last night, uh, Friday night, gave us a glimpse, I think for the first time this season, of him being back to that. Yeah, I completely agree. I, so I good just, to see. I just hope he keeps that up, because 
I've I've thought this for a long time. If he got some continued form like that, and when he's playing at his best, he'd be a shout for an England hundred percent. Hey, he was one of my favourite players at twelve. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no! Don't anywhere. waste him. You could play it. You could. He's big and strong enough to play right across the back line. I would play fifteen. Ollie Thorleys. <laughs> when pro- he's playing his best. The problem with fifteen Ollie Thorleys is um, only. Eight of them are going to finish that game. Yeah, I need 15 Ollie Thorleys as backup. Yeah, at least 15. Who, yeah. Would, who would win a game? 15 Ollie Thorleys against 15 Ben Earls. Oh, Ooh. that's a great game. Because that the try he scored, he rounded, it was good or Malins where he round, but he gets kind of half stopped. And Ben Earl is, is going at full tilt. And Ben Earl actually gets him five yards before the line, but he just slides over. That, so that was like a little a brief glimpse into that battle. Yeah. Uh, give me, uh, just give just me, on the Oli Thorley thing, me let, let me mention this email, Alistair Hewitt, uh, contactedchasers.gmail.com. Um, I remember you boys talking about which union lads would do well in league a while back, and you mentioned <laughs> yeah. Manu and the Ollie etc. Having watched Thorley for years at Gloucester, he plays like a front rower in the NRL. He absolutely running, does, doesn't he? Yeah, reckless disregard for his own health, an addiction <laughs> to running full pelt, head down, straight and high. He had a hell of a game on Friday night, and it's so good to see him fit and firing. Maybe not England quality yet, as he's simply not had the minutes, um, but maybe soon, yes. Right, so more about Gloucester, right? They've made me think. So you said N plus one for Gloucester in all their positions. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not sure that's entirely true, because Gloucester do have an area of strength. They seem to have an unlimited amount of back row mm. that can carry the ball. That that is That is their strongest position. Yeah. So I've had this... This thought, right? Who are the highest paid players in rugby in, by position? Fly half? Um, we did this a while ago. So there was something that said in the Premiership, um, second rows. Second rows, right? So why so are second rows so highly paid? Historically, um, tighter props as well. Tighter props, yeah. Very highly paid. Is it, is it because uh, it, it, there's the scarcity of people that are six foot seven? Correct. Yes. Absolutely correct. Okay. So imagine this Venn diagram. Um, six over six foot seven can actually run because that's not a common thing with six foot seven men. Mm-hmm. Then want to play rugby because that's not a common thing with any kind of man. Um, and then have the skills to play professional rugby. Mm-hmm. And then actually the hardness too. You add all those little circles together, and I genuinely think you have a population in the UK of about one hundred people. <laughs> I, I really. Do. What do you reckon the numbers are? Um, high. It's, it, I think it'd be more than that, but it's not huge. I, I remember seeing something. In fact, I actually think we could count it by just counting the amount of English second well, do, do you know, in the Premiership. Uh, just, <laughs> oh, oh, one way that I can segue into this is, you know, that because um, I've got I've got a mate who is like five foot five, so he's short, but by men's standards. <laughs> but honestly, he is like if you stretched him to six foot three, he would be the ultimate catch as a man. <laughs> he is so attractive, so clever. Such a great body, such oh, he's, he's got so much going for him, and he and he, I, I just can't, I just go, oh, what a, man, he gets so frustrated because he's because he just gets pied off by so many women. Anyway, but <laughs> why? Because, because he's what? Because like, he's, he's what? Five foot five. Five so, foot so five. Women, Is it? He's so, women film? Dat- <laughs> so women on dating apps massively put over six foot in their criteria. Yeah. But the percentage of men who are six foot or over is 15%. Well, yeah, I mean, we are a privileged few. So this yes, is an interesting are, point, okay? I have whipped out the 
um, the what do you call, what do you call what do you call that, Phil? Uh, it is a normal distribution bell that, bell shaped curve yes, on no, heights. Normal distribution. Thank you. So to get to six foot four, right? No, six foot three. You are like two standard deviations out. You, you know, it's 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 way out there. By the time you get to six seven, like there are just no men. I mean, there are a few, but hold like negligible. So here is my proposition: Do what Gloucester do. Go and buy. Get get. Don't buy Johnny Hill, or don't buy Evan Etzebeth or someone because you think this is what you need. Spend your salary cap on the best six foot four guys that you can, and get loads of them because there are far far more six foot four guys who probably can run better, be more powerful, be braver. Because just there's well, it's just a much deeper pool, and I think this could be the future now for. Um, for Premiership clubs, because why do you need someone like uh, we had Dupree at Sale, who was nearly seven foot? Why, oh yeah, JP Dupree. Yeah, why do you need that? I mean, if you make space in the lineup by using your movement or by using good options, six foot four is more than enough. Well, didn't uh, Tim? You might uh, know this. Didn't Martin Bayfield actually have his height listed? He's one of the few players who had his height listed shorter than he actually is. Is that right? Because he's. He's six, He's maybe seven foot, but he was listed at six ten. I don't think he's quite seven foot. I'm Luke sure Charterist. I played rugby with him at yeah. uni. I'm telling you, that guy is. He is seven foot. There is no doubt he's seven foot tall. But he's not. So yeah, he he might be another one. So he's listed here at six foot nine. Interesting. Yeah, there's no way Luke Charterist is six nine. He's so much taller than that. Yeah. So that that's interesting. Now, I've just I've just looked up a similar normal distribution that that suggests that one percent. Um, this is America, so probably not too dissimilar to UK. One percent are over six foot four, so you're talking one in a hundred would be um, there. Six, Just five. on Luke Charteris as well. His nickname uh, in some quarters was Long Dog. Interesting. Well. Why would that be? Because <laughs> he's tall. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so you're, t- you're talking one in a hundred have got the height part, and then exactly as you say when you have all the overlapping Venn diagrams. They've got to have the hands, they've got to have the athleticism. It's, it's why someone like uh, Maro Toji, when he's playing his best, and I'm not actually sure he is playing his best now, because he's even more on that um, He's athletic. only 6'5", actually. He is only 6'5", but he's even more on that athletic s- scale and his ability to read the game uh, when he's at his best is just incredible. Yeah, yeah uh, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be actually putting, well, not an upper limit. If they're there, great. But that's why what Leicester Tigers is doing is so interesting, because they are... Actively stockpiling these enormous men. Well, um, Exeter have done it for years. Yes, like, look, they have. Look at um, David Jenkins and uh, Christ Tashunza. Yep. Or Chris Tashunza. Who, to his mates. Who's, um, who are there now, who are 19, 20, and they fit that, they both fit that bill. Yeah, but I'm not sure Like you need to make the compromises. So if you've got a better player who can get around the park better at six foot four, I mean, I'm not saying those guys don't, because they do. They're you know, magnificent rugby players. But I think that's probably a better way to spend your salary cap. Target those sorts of guys and pay them less. I think that's an that's an interesting point, JB. To the broader point of Gloucester, mm. I, I think Phil is right that it is generally N plus one. I'm looking at the squad. squad. So there's a few exceptions. They they've got well. They now have three hookers. They they kind of four is it not? They Hen- ca- Henry Walker, the boy that played today, McGuigan, Sacchino, and is Walker. Henry Walker's there. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Henry Walker's there. So, yeah, they had, they had three plus George McGuigan. The other guy who's injured, who I like. Singleton. Singleton. Yeah, so, so they had they had three, but they brought in a fourth. So, in a position like that, because, like, scrum half, they had three. 
uh, Varney, yeah, Meehan, and well, Chapman. But then locks, those are, those are, locks, yeah. nothing. They've got they've got four listed locks. Yeah, that, that is M plus one centers. They've got four listed centers prior to bringing in uh, Seb Atkinson. Um, what have they got in the back row? Because I just feel they've got unlimited amounts of carrying options there. So list, or, this is listed. Uh, Rune Ackerman. Yep. Lewis Ludlow. Yep. Ben Morgan. Yep. Jake Pelledry. Oh yeah. Albert Tuisui. Yep. Jordy Reed. Yep. So that's six. That's your N plus one. Mm. And then they've got Jack Clement, yep, who's listed. Oh, and Freddie Clark, who's one of their four locks. One of their Freddie four Clark. locks. Yeah, right. so that's what they've done, right? So they just moved Freddie Clark at one, but he's a back row. Yeah, and then they've got a couple of academy boys. So like, so they are basically N plus one. They're not far off N plus well, one only because they moved Freddie Clark. But you know, Freddie Clark, Ackerman, um, Paledre. If they didn't move Freddie Clark, they'd just be N. In the yeah, row. it would be n plus point five. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got your two starting locks and one on the bench. That's that would be it if they didn't move Freddie Clark. God, they lost some. They lost some talent last year. Was it the year before last? When, well, no, they're not. It mattered because they actually did better when they had Mostar and who's Groblar. Groblar. But, uh, I mean, but they did everything they could. Gloucester. They they will feel hard done by. And yeah, they will. They're, they're still in. They're still in the top four and. They got beaten by a very good Saracens team, but will feel like they sh- shouldn't let that one go. Yes. Yeah. So, so they can tell themselves a good story. Well, they should have won it. Well, they should have drawn it at least. That, that, that's my view. Yeah. Owen Farrell shouldn't have been on the field, but it is what it is. <laughs> Take your lumps. Wait, how deal many, with it. How many, well, how many I think there is, just on the Farrell one, I, I, I think there is mitigation of why it, it could be a yellow. So Fine, I, but he's not on the field necess- though, is he? No, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, I, do, I agree with that. In terms of the sighting thing, I think some people might lose their mind and think there's some... Because genuinely, there's some conspiracy theorists. I'm one of these. In, I in mentioned rugby. it the other day. I, me- I mentioned it la- uh, uh, last week. How can the RFU be yeah. the, arb- the arbitrator, um, yeah. the regulator, the judge and jury, and also like run the run the pro-English team and say that there's absolutely no no conflict of interests. Like Joe Marler resting up because of his two-week ban is per- perfect for them. Perfect. But I just I, I would just say at times like this, it's when... Yeah, I, I hate Twitter at times like this because <laughs> the game was brilliant and Twitter was dreadful. And, uh, and yeah, some of the hot takes are ridiculous. And um, I think there's an account called Rugby Lad and they did one today about Manu Tuolangi and tackle on... Tommaso Allen, and it's just the, the the clickbait that there is is just ridiculous. Is rugby lad like um? Oh, is there a load of lad accounts like football lad and that is that the sort of thing? It is lad bible. Type oh, lad bible, yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm I'm, I'm thinking about. You know, and lad Probably. bible got their most views traditionally when it was a big thing. Go on, lad bible get their most views between two a.m. and three a.m. on Friday and Saturdays when lads are in the car going home. <laughs> <laughs> in the back of the taxis. Apparently, that was like their busy time. Wow, ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Just yeah. Well, I tell you, the other one as well. It just it disgusts me. Is the account Progressive Rugby? They use every single incident and wear it like a like a skin suit to push their agenda for whatever it may whatever it may may be. I don't know what their their ultimate goal is. Is it banning of rugby? I, I I don't know. Is it just building up their own profile so they can have a bigger say? I have no idea what goes on there. But uh, yeah, pretty poor all round actually. So anything else to mention on the Gloucester South? We, we've done a good twenty minutes on it there. Yeah, no, Matthew so no, 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 no more. That's, that's, no more. 
Not not Matteo Carreras. Santa, the other one, Santiago. Santiago. Yeah. He only, he, did he Another miss, absolute superstar from Argentina. Did he miss two kicks or one kick? Yeah, two kicks. Two and kicks. one was really, really oh. easy. Farrell missed four out of six. Yeah. Well, it suggests to me the wind must have been horrendous. F- Farrell's kicking. I, and I think, I think definitely in the second half. I, I, I do actually wonder if he took a headshot in that second half. There was, there was make, one. He went change from giving him out. He, well, he, he gives give some and get some. Yeah, it um, all pans out in the end, doesn't it? He there was one hit in the second half where he was defending, and he stayed down for like ten seconds, and then kind of like shook himself off, rolled to his feet, and got back in the defensive line. And it was no one mentioned it, no one looked at it. But if I if I was a neutral doctor on the side of the pitch, I'd be right. Show me that tackle again. Well, if I was the RFE, I'd ban him for two weeks or three weeks until Six Nations. Get him rested up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what before we leave this game? What is the best ever Gloucester versus Saracens kick that you've seen? Kick, uh, that that um, drop goal was pretty impressive. Oh, I'd say say it was James Hook from his own halfway line to win it. God, when was that? You're going back some years there. Yeah, classic, classic game. Mm. His own halfway line. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's move on from that one. Um, the the game. So if we're doing it, we're kind of doing it backwards and forwards chronologically, but. The, the next game that happened in my mind was the Exeter-Northampton game. Which I saw the highlights of, but I didn't see the whole game, so you'll have to run me through it. So, it was... You don't need to go into great depth on this, which is no. Exeter were very good, Northampton weren't. Yeah, and it, but it was it was Exeter being back to the, their best, although Northampton are the perfect team for Exeter to look like their best. Yes. Yeah. Exeter, they played with a lot of confidence and a lot of aggression, they kicked for the corners early on and scored three tries in the first half because of it. Uh, and Northampton got no change. And Northampton were unable to get any uh, go-forward ball up front. And therefore, their exciting backs, certainly in the first half, their exciting backs did absolutely nothing in the first I half. Love, I, I love that about rugby. The matchups make games because... Yeah. Northampton looked brilliant last week, and it's like, oh, they look really physical. Well, their set piece looks good. Yeah, yeah, no, you're playing Exeter now. Do you know, the exactly. problem with Northampton is they want to play like Harlequins, and they can play somewhat exciting rugby on occasions, but they don't have the ability to do the exciting stuff against physical teams, and Harlequins do. And I don't know why Harlequins are able to do this and Northampton aren't, but to me, they look like similar kind of teams. I know people who really watch the game will say, yes, they do things slightly different and yada, yada, yada. But they're similar sort of teams. Just Harlequins can tend to do it on the bigger stage whenever they want. And well, Northampton just, just capitulate. The difference, and we'll ignore this week from the Harlequins side of the equation, but, mm. but the difference is Harlequins front row is significantly better than Northampton Saints front row. It is significantly better. Significantly. That, and and that, when, that's a huge difference. When Harlequins don't have their starting front row, that really hurts them, actually. And we saw that against... Was it Leicester that gave them an absolute beatdown? Well, Sale gave them a beatdown this week. Well, yes, they did. They really did. Yeah, they did. And, and front, I'd go so far as to say front five as well, because when, when there's no Tizard and Lavis, and you take out some of their props... The, yeah. The, yeah. You, you their are, front five... You're you right go from very, very good as they were when they won the league to average. And just just on this game, I thought um, the two big young lads that I mentioned before, uh, Jenkins and Tishunza, both had excellent games. Yeah. Um, worrying thing for Exeter, Luke Karandiki, who scored two tries, 
went off with what looked like a bad knee injury. Ooh, so yeah. bad for England, bad for Exeter. Um, Agreed. And other than that, um, Woodburn is definitely... We were talking about hard-working wingers. Woodburn is definitely a harder-working winger than Jack Knoll. Definitely, yeah. I, I'm 100% That's decided. incredible, because that's literally Jack Knoll's calling card. Yeah, I'm 100% certain on that. I love Woodburn. I think Do he's you, he does. He does. He pop up so much on the shoulder of the ten and stuff, doesn't he? He, he, he does work his nuts off. We should and have then, like the hard-working index of, of, of wingers. So it'd be, you'd have like um, involvement, game involvements, and his carries, tackles, and like um, rook clearouts because he runs that supporting line so often and ends up clearing out so often. But just also, like the great Miles Ma- Benjamin, Miles Benjamin, the great Miles Benjamin. Uh, so yeah, I put a flattery in that category. Um, yeah, certainly Thorley is a hard-working winger. Caden Murley, Caden Murley, love Caden Murley, love Caden Murley. Um, there's no one who I was thinking of before, and he's now escaped my mind. Actually, Harry Potter, Harry. Yes, Potter. the Leicester guys. Yeah, yeah, Potter's a good shout. Potter, someone else who is in. And he's gone. Never mind. Free, free, oh, Freeman's also a good shout when he plays wing. The boy at Bath who runs like a horse. Uh, McConaughey? No. Oh, Will Muir. Will Muir. Yes. Love Will Muir. Massive. God, England got some... Is that why he's called... That's why he's called horse, is it? Uh, Apparently. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Apparently, his dad dad is farming stock and he's incredibly strong. I don't doubt that. Yeah, I don't doubt it one bit. No part of me doubts that. And one final thing from this game. Uh, I've said this before, but there was a shot of the Simmons boys together and Sam Simmons... So it looks like they, they were an experiment at birth, Sam Simmons was like sent to the Marine. He grew up in the Marine Corps. <laughs> Joe Simmons was sent to Deloitte <laughs> to work out in the library. <laughs> it's the difference between they're the same, like the same genetic structure, but they're just totally, totally different conditioning. Like the movie Twin. It's, it's a bit like the movie Twin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, totally. And the, the only other thing to mention is it did make me chuckle that. Um, Celebrating, managing to get back and uh, and avoid a try being scored against him. Josh Hodge went to give his captain, the club captain, a high five and just walloped him in the in face. In the face, perfect. And, yeah, Jack Yendall sort of going up to his his fullback who'd worked really hard. Yeah, and then spending the next ten minute, ten seconds walking back towards halfway, holding his eye. <laughs> Very good. Well done, Exeter. So. um I've been looking forward to talking about this one. Uh, let's pause and preamble uh, before the game. They won't read the article in the Times um, written by, I think, Alex Lowe about sale. I didn't, know. Did you see it, Tim? No. I couldn't get past the starting three paragraphs, to be honest. Go on. So starting three paragraphs are saying, the headlines are like, we're building our own culture at sale. Now, you know, I have many. <laughs> I don't have criticism. They're, they're a great, great team, and we're going to talk about how great they are in a second. But in this, in this article, right in the third paragraph, it's talking about culture, and it describes. Can I, can I just read it? Actually, you, you might as well. Just I might, read it. may as well just. <laughs> I still can't believe that this happened. I can't believe that this happened, and it's it's just so. Well, you'll see. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> um, where's the headline for it? Never mind. Just while, just while you're waiting for the headline, it's like, it's just, Wednesday just, at Sale Sharks. Oh, you got it. Okay. Sorry, it's Wednesday. Sorry, it's Wednesday morning at Sale Sharks Carrington training base, and Alex Sanderson, 
that the director of rugby steps out of his car in full fancy dress. <laughs> Ahead is a big day of preparation, with Sale's second versus third match away to Harlequins on the horizon in a bumper block of fixtures in which they will face Toulouse, Ulster and Bath before the Six Nations. The club is building something special, and there is some hard work behind that progress. But everybody needs a slice of fun. Here we go. Sanderson has been ordered to come in come in today as a pimp because he turned up a little late to a meeting last week. What? As a, <laughs> as a purveyor of sex workers? Is this, like, <laughs> is this the kind of culture they huh? need, need to build? What? I was like, how did, how did this? How did you ever let this get in? Get into the pa- paper? Oh Why is he even doing this? Oh my god! There are some things. No, no, I love this. But there are some <laughs> reminders every now and again of just how small rugby is as a sport. Because <laughs> could you imagine Jurgen Klopp? No, <laughs> in full-on pimp outfit, fur coat, fedora hat, purple. And can you imagine? Like the meltdown that there would be in the media if that were to happen about how this. Well, is like any organisation, like undermining the plight of women, like the CEO of bloody, women. you know, the CEO of bloody EasyJet uh, walked in today dressed as a pimp. Why? Oh, he's late for a meeting. Standard behaviour here. I love it. I, I love it, Jay. So I love it. So I, I half love it because <laughs> because I, I think I actually think. It's really important when you're in a position of seniority to be able to like, laugh and allow the people around well, and, to, and to, to rent out women. And, but, well, and the, <laughs> so I think the principle is great, like to be able to, to and particularly when it's you know when to switch on and you know when to switch off. Oh yeah. However, the, you could have um, potentially picked a more appropriate outfit, uh, especially given some of the like what, like Fred West. Uh, slightly more appropriate, <laughs> particularly given he's dressed, dressed. The, re- the reason why one of your star yeah, you wingers get, perhaps like, left the club. He could have done club. something a bit more Jeffrey Epstein specific. He could have been Harold Shipman or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's Alex Sanderson dressed as Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's quite incredible. Anyway, it is obviously good. I mean, I, I love it because it just goes on my board of more insane things which have happened. Um, <laughs> And they won. That's the most important thing. They can they can dress well, like pimps if they win. That is that is that is that is my rule. And they followed up a beatdown of Leicester. Yep, of champions to a beatdown of the previous year's champions, Harlequins. <laughs> I want. So, I, I, I mean, imagine because I'm going to be at uh, Sales to lose at the weekend. Oh and I'm just God! Imagining, imagine if the fans got so into it that you imagine one block of the stand with like 300 pimps. Oh my god! Oh, imagine, imagine! Uh, but, oh, on on Malbec on Malbec Sunday as well. Yes, yeah. exactly. Get well, the pimps out. Don't do you know what I said. I've only read three three uh, paragraphs. I was serious because I've missed this on the fourth paragraph. Upstairs in the gym, he's asked to perform a short dance as Dr. Dre blasts out over, and then uh, they've got no more. So he's all who you know happens. So the game. Let's talk about the game. What utter domination! Uh, Sale have looked totally dominant up front the last two weeks. Totally dominant. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots to like here. What I particularly like are the performances coming out of guys who are unheralded. So everyone knows how good Tom Curry is. Everyone knows Johnny Hill's a lion. So on, so on and so forth. Gus War has been outstanding. 
He has. Rob Dupree has been outstanding. He really has. Sam McIntyre. Form uh, Premiership winner. Yeah. Uh, Premiership uh, 10, even. Sam McIntyre, yeah. I thought Sam McIntyre had shown up because he's from the Northwest. You know, Wasps are in a tough place and, you know, going to see out his career. He's just he's just gone and won the starting job, effectively. Mm. He absolutely battered Dan Cole um, uh, last week. And this week he's up against Will Colo and he still does awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now, it'd be, it would be hard for him to win the top job ahead of Bevan Rod. But ah, yes. He, well, he's, he's different, isn't he? They, well, they they are different players, but he, he's playing really well. Yeah. He's playing really, really well. Uh, the conditions suit. I mean, I wouldn't want Bevan Rod on the field today with those conditions, regardless of how good he is. Because it, you just needed big men pushing pushing things about, but it, it was a it was a dominant display. Um, in, in terms of their in terms of their attacking shape, one thing I love is they they ran. I think it was for the Rob Dupree uh, Rob Dupree try. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, they they would run the same shape again and again and do different things with it every time. Well, yes, the um, yes the O'Flaherty try early on. Where that's the one. That, they, that's the try. Yeah, Manu through the middle. Manu being a threat to fix Esther Hazen, and then it was out the back, and it was re- out the back to Reed, Luke James, who went through the middle, and then offload to yeah to O'Flaherty. And they repeat it the next, the same move next time. Yeah, but they send Manu up the middle. Yes, but it makes sense, doesn't it? If you score off, yeah, that, yeah. they're going to be wary for that option. You got multiple options. Use your multiple options and well, carry on doing it until they don't know it. In in that game, well, they do know it. The, the, in that move the, for the O'Flaherty try, the gap that um, Luke James went through, he went outside, I think it was Marchant, but Esther Hazen had started drifting across, but because Manu had fixed him, yeah. he couldn't drift across enough, so Luke James just had a free run to then draw, I think, Nick, Nick David and pop uh, O'Flaherty in. I think Sale are going to win the league. I really do. I mean, Saracens are... The major threat. They're ominous. I don't think anyone else can even come close to Sale the way that they are now. So it'd be. I, I think that's the most likely final. Saracen Sale because they agreed. They are agreed. well. Sale are twelve points clear from third place, and Saracens are nine points clear from Sale. So Saracens are definitely finishing in the top two. Yep. Sale are highly likely to finish. It would take a pretty stark fall off from Sale, and everyone else to to go on, or one of the other teams to go on a big run. So those are the top two, and, and, I, and I would back those at home against any one of the rest. So I don't know. I got into a little bit of trouble sort of season. I was like, Sale just aren't good enough. Looking at their team, they're not good enough. If their starting halfbacks are out, which of course they were, Rafi Quirk being the, you know, the young phenom of mm-hmm. in- England. Well, he's not really seen any action, mm-hmm. and of course your massive signing George Ford not being about. I think is there enough quality between? I thought it'd be Will Cliff. And Rob Dupree. And the idea of Rob Dupree playing at the start of the season was frankly terrifying. <laughs> um, now, I still have... I terrifying still, for all neutrals. Yes, for all neutrals. Uh, he's been more than fine. He's been more he's than been fine. We talk about every single week. Brilliant. Gus War, though. Has been class. We've got to talk about him. Because someone in the international scene has to be interested in, in, in this guy. He makes all the right decisions. Do you th- cause no, no, yes, no. I th- I think- Scotland, why not? Well, Scotland might be, but then they've, they've yes. got Ali, they've got Ali Price. I, I don't think I'm not, no, no, he's having a great season. But I know, like having a good season behind a dominant pack, you cannot judge. Like you could put, he is doing he's doing lots of things really well. I'm not knocking it, and I'm not um, denigrating his performance. But to start saying Gus War 
England way England? too early. England? I never said England. I said an international, international. team. Yeah. Because yeah, if you're saying Scotland, fine, they might want to have a look at him. Because yes, he I went agree. through, I, this, he was a I Scottish go, I go, go John Cooney million miles before uh, Gus Wall. Can John Cooney play time. tomorrow for them, though? Yes. Let, let's, uh, what, how do you reckon he, Gus Wall would do behind Northampton's, pack at the we- behind Northampton's pack at the weekend, or even behind Quinn's? If you, if you put him <laughs> in the Quinn's team, how good would Gus Wall well, look? Yeah, that's, 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 that's a great question, because the way England's pack have been playing recently, they most likely represent uh, Northampton, yeah. <laughs> going backwards at a rate of knots. Well, let's just hope, let's just hope that in this Six Nations, England... England's attack don't don't face South Africa in the rain because if they do, they're going to come fairly unstuck pretty rapidly. Uh, uh, but to answer your question about Gus Wartim, I don't know because he can only play with what with what he's given. So yeah, the pack is dominant, but he's not put a foot wrong. And it, so to come into a team, take your team to second, it's <clears throat> uh, you know pretty impressive stuff. So I I would like my uh, scrum half to have a little bit more. So Gus Wart, Gus Wart is impeccable at what he does. Mm. He box kicks brilliantly. His decision-making is great. His passing is brilliant. He's not got... You were talking about you as a triple threat, JB. Yes, indeed. He's, he's not got that triple threat. He's, he's not, not pacey got, enough, is he? He's not got that not running physical game. And to specimen. Be, to be at, at the top level, the top tier, I think you've got to have that. I think you've got to have that threat of pace. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what Rafi has. That's what sets him Rafi has... Apart. Alex Mitchell has that. But, you know, if you're making the wrong decisions... Uh, uh, Van Portfleet has that. If you're making the wrong decisions at Scrum Half, a large degree, it doesn't matter. You've got to get your yeah, basics you, right. And his basics are, right. are as good as anyone's. You are right, but I think there's other people who offer the basics and offer the basics plus. Mm. And he, he doesn't offer that basics plus. Now, what you don't want to do is make the mistake of... <laughs> so Some might say that the mistake that um, has been made with, say, uh, Sinclair, for example, um, where he offers all the extra stuff but not the basics. Yeah, not exactly. You, you don't want to select um, pace over having a, a good pass and a well, good box kick. who was the scrum half who was at Glasgow, Racing, Bath, Exeter, Nico... Uh, Nick... Mal- uh, um, Nick... Malawati. Nick Groom. No, 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 no. Oh, Nick... Oh, Ma- oh, Ma- uh, yes, I know who you mean. Who could do everything except for scrum half jobs. <laughs> He was a great winger, amazing winger, amazing rapid. attacking, amazing attacking threat. Absolutely rapid. But the an- the anti-war. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, good win. Bit concerning for for Quinns. Lost uh, he was at home to Bristol and at home to Sale. Now, losing at home to Sale is not that concerning because they're a very good team. Losing at home to Bristol the other week more yeah. concerning. Well, you know, in the way that Tim mentioned about Leicester missing some players earlier on. You can't deny... Yeah, you know, yeah. Marler's not in. Um, Don Brandt did not look comfortable in the wet, to put it mildly. Just not his sort of game. Tizard is, is missing. That, that That is a blow. Tizard? A tiz- oh, God. They've lost Tizard. I so, no, I was, yeah. Yeah, no, I mentioned him in terms of Quinns, but I mentioned him in terms of from last season. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Archie, uh, White, Archie White and Luke Wallace Luke. are fine, fine players. But uh, they're not Will Evans. Um, yeah, they're not. Oh, what the hell's his name? Big guy who, car- who big guy who carries hard at six. Ch- um, Levies. Ch- Chesham. Oh, um, yeah. Not Chesham. Is it Chesham? No, uh, Chis- no, no, no. It's Chisholm. Uh, the, the fellow that's Chisholm. Chisholm. James Chisholm. Yeah. So you know they've they've got lads they've got lads to come back in. And of course, Marcus Smith is a kind of, is kind of a big deal. It's. Uh, yeah. 
slight um, difference. Uh, and and Tommaso Allen went off with the well, yeah, b- yeah. Bad just just on that, some people, some people, quite a lot of people, and it's Twitter. Twitter's not real life. These people don't understand rugby, but they're going mental about. Uh, Manly Tuolangi should have had a red card and they can't believe it wasn't looked at. No, 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 no. He's being reckless. Well, BT Sport did things today which was very annoying. Uh, and do you know when people can't just say climate change, they've got to say climate crisis because everyone's a clown. Um, they can't just say concussion, it has to be brain injury. So we've got these editorial, weird editorial standards where you've got to manipulate language. It is a concussion, it's fine. Why don't we just go the whole hog and say, uh, you know, a near-death experience. Just, just go near, near, or a light... A near life-ending event. I mean, it's just bollocks. Just call it a concussion. Well, yeah. But on, but on, on the on the Manu Tuolangi hit. So Tommaso Allen yeah. jumps in the air. Um, there's various things. Sam James and Joe Marchant were around and about and influenced where Tommaso Allen landed. Tommaso Allen dropped the ball, but was obviously trying to catch it. At which point Manu had lined him up to hit. Tommaso Allen having dropped the ball, goes down onto his knees, reaching for the ball. At which point, Manitou Lange, who is very low, and that's one thing we didn't mention with the Owen Farrell thing. Um, I, I do have sympathy for Owen Farrell because he was very, very low. Do you have well. a, but anyway, do you, do you have sympathy but, for all repeat offenders on that team, or just Owen Farrell? <laughs> uh, the Charlie Atkinson tackle, where he, where he <laughs> assaulted Charlie Atkinson, he, he, he got a ten-week ban, and um, and, and rightly so. Um, yes. But anyway, but, but on this one, just the, the suggestion that Manu Tulangi could do anything... Of course he couldn't, mate. Is, of course he couldn't. Is, well, it, it, I find ridiculous. And I, I yeah. honestly, I, I just have massive sympathy for... Well it, well, it depends what your intention is. If you just want to legislate um, any time a player gets a head knock, then fine. If that's what you want to do, crack on. If you want to try and quote-unquote change behaviour, then you're going to do nothing by banning Manu Tulangi. Correct. This. Now, the interesting thing will be, it did actually, the height of both players reminded me of the Ben Earl red card mm. from a few weeks ago, which we said was kind of ludicrous at the time. Um, but um, And it did get rescinded. Did it get rescinded? Yes. F- oh, right. So that that's good. So that will be the precedent then for this. Yeah, they, because they, 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 were, okay they were a foot and a half off the ground when, when contact was made. And it, it's horrible. It's unfortunate. We all hope um, Tommaso Allen recovers because it Correct. was nasty. He was down for ages, um, but you can't you can't legislate for everything, no, every accident. No, nor should nor should you want to. And yeah, it's nor should you want to eradicate the risk from rugby any more than you'd want to eradicate um, the risk from someone skiing. It's the, the as we talk about many times, the inherent risk is part of the reason why we watch, play, support and engage with rugby. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely right, Tim. Um, now, I didn't see this game, but it looks like um, London Irish broke Bristol's necklace and threw, threw, threw them onto a dog bowl, from what, from what <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> well, so I've not seen it either. It's two tries to one. It's from, uh, tries from uh, Bernard Yancey von Rensberg and Ben White for Irish and one from Harry Thacker from Bristol. But the um, interesting thing about this was uh, Birmingham's own Paddy Jackson dropped out wow. just <laughs> just before the game. So Rory Jennings played um, the whole game at fly half and uh, slotted slotted the got the two conversions and three penalties to make the difference between Irish and Bristol. Interesting. It's got to be um, it's got to be one of the first 
games in the Premiership, Paddy Jackson hasn't started in years. Yeah, it's a long like, time. Wasn't it 60 something consecutive games? I'm just looking at the stats on this game. There is one telling stat uh, penalties conceded. Irish 8, Bristol 17. So that's um, that. That never helps when you are conceding nine more uh, penalties than your opposition. But, uh, but another team where you look at, and we talked about the composition of Bristol squad and all the rest of it. But the the number of the amount of cash not not out on the field for Bristol again. Yeah, but there's actually because of the big boys. So Piatau wasn't playing of their yeah. big boys, but Luatu was playing. Um, McGinty was playing. With Sheedy on the bench, Randrandra was playing, Genge was playing, Sinclair was playing. So there's yeah, there's, there's a lot of cash. I mean, just just in those boys alone, there yeah. um, there's as much spent as some squads in those boys. There's as much spent as the Ealing Trailers, Ealing Trail Finders women's team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that Bristol lost, and that's the end of it. Now, there's one thing that I will just mention, but congratulations, JB. Go on. On the yeah, the, 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 the Beardmore Lagan Cup. Yeah, devastating. Did I beat you in FDR? No, no, not in no. FDR. No, 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 the other one. Benetton. I think, I think. Oh no! With not long left to go, you had only scored four points in FDR. This how week. did I? How did I forget uh, the JB Lagan Cup? Um, Most coveted prize in. The other league, which isn't the Premiership, over in in Italy, of course, Fortress. Um, a last minute penalty after a John Cooney transgression meant that um, Benetton won thirty one twenty nine, and Ulster are now on a bit of a bad run of form. Lost to Munster last week. They've lost lost a few games that they should really have been winning. So I assumed when I saw this result, I, I, I thought, oh, they'll be resting a few players for Europe. Nope, they went full on. Yeah, no, not quite full, but not this, not quite not, full on, not, not far. far. Off, yeah, not really, not far off. Really, not far off. Um, maybe Vermalen on the bench. Um, so Tamara Gralen started at tight head, um, but other than that, it's, it's not hugely different. So yeah, fair play, JB and Benetton. Yes, nailed it again. Right, um, <laughs> Champ- Champions Cup. Yes. So, let's do it chronologically. So, on Friday night, Friday night lights in Claremont, we've got, and this is in Pool B. I'll tell you which pool it is, even though it doesn't mean anything to me. But in Pool B, we've got Claremont hosting Leicester Tigers. Leicester Tigers. Tigers on the back of two bad losses. And also, Claremont on on the back of losing a lot of players. So obviously Pernod went last week, and this week they've lost their captain who's going to La Rochelle, whatever his name is. Mm. Uh, well, I will just point out with the, with the way the fixtures are structured this time, it's not quite staggered as much as I'd like in the, in the Champions Cup. I see. There are two, there are two fixtures in every time slot. Mm. Yes. So yeah. you have to pick. So as we go through, let, we'll, we'll, have to do, we'll have to pick which game we're watching. Right. So ti- I want Tigers to win that. I want Tigers. I think, sorry, I think they will win it. I I would also like Tigers to win. Whether they do is I don't another think matter. They will. They're not going to win. Only wrong team. So, um, so Tigers play. They've played two with Wiggy in charge. Lost two. Um, although Claremont. Oh, are... No, they, no, they played three. Played three. Lost two. They beat Gloucester. Ah, okay. Apologies. 
Apologies, Wiggy. Um, Claremont currently lying 10th in the top 14 with uh, 1-6, one, one lost 8, drawn 1 um, and sit just below Toulon. Next so, fixture? Next fixture, we go 1 o'clock in Pool A. Mm-hmm. We've got Gloucester hosting Leinster. Leinster or are you going to watch Gloucester v Leinster or Sale v Toulouse? Sale v Toulouse. Sale v Toulouse? 100% yeah. Sale v Toulouse. Well, because I'm on it. Of course. Oh, even, but also because but also it's the, the, the better matchup. Even more. Yeah. So you've got um, second place in the Premiership and first place in the top 14. Come on, boys. I'm, I'm pretty and sure they can do this. You know. also joint top of Pool B. This will um, be one hell of a test for In Toulouse. I th- now, I think... So, in the Pool A game, Leinster are going to smash Gloucester. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. End of. Um, in the Pool B game, th- this will be an interesting bellwether for how far Sale have come. Have yeah, they actually made an improvement, or will it go down a bit like when they went to La Rochelle? No, but that wasn't last... a, that wasn't a rugby problem, mate. <laughs> it was emotion. Well, have they? When, impro- when will you learn about the basics of rugby? Well, it was emotion. I, I, the question I was really asking JB was: Have they improved their emotions? I, I don't know how you do that. I don't even know if it's possible. Pimp outfits. Pimp out. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, smoke machines? Could they? I don't know. How would you? Unex- I, unexploded World War Two ordnance. Uh, how would you replicate? Playing to lose. I mean, would you would you feed the academy lads to lose sausage all week? Would you make them dress up in stripy tops? I, I don't know. You know what you need to do to get the right emotional level. All they need to do is hire Jonathan Spratt to stand at the tunnel as they walk out. And exactly. Shout, For what? <laughs> um, old reference there for a long time, listeners. Yeah, very old reference. I think they can do it. I really think that they can do it. Give me to lose. Give me, give me sale. I can see Sale winning this one. They'll yes. go for it full on, but I wow. think Toulouse will sneak It's going to be one hell of a fight. Wow. Um, it's going to be great. Then at 3.15, 3.15. in Pool A, uh, in Durban, we've got the other Sharks hosting Bordeaux. Don't care. Next. <laughs> I just don't and care. Just, I don't know anything about Just Munster v Northampton. Just for where they both are. So the Sharks have played 2-1-2, mm-hmm. and they've got a near Springbok pack. Mm-hmm. Bordeaux have played 2 lost 2 so Bordeaux will be sending... The reason why they were celebrating in the clubhouse is because they were sending the academy lads. So all their, all their top-tier boys have got two weeks off. Brilliant. So that'll be a big Sharks win. In Pool... Um, yeah, and Munster will beat Northampton. But Pool beat... M- Munster will beat Northampton. Definitely. Northampton played two, lost two. Uh, currently well, that's kind of good. In, in the little window of time, JB, where you might be playing, There's you know it's not as exciting... Uh, a bunch of games is, is around them. Yeah, yeah, and also if you really want some rugby, watch um, Bolton versus Talk H at Bolton. At this Bolton, weekend. ooh, Huge tasty. Game. Huge game. Or watch, um, I can't remember who's Cedric. I'm, I'm going down to to watch Cedric oh, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Back in the fold, eh? Uh, should uh, need to get my beers worth, money's worth of beer exactly. after spraining my ankle. Fair play playing. to Sedgley Park for having the games on. There was no games at, at Broughton Park today, and Sedgley Park. Um, no games the pitches. On. What? Uh, pitches were, were, there was a bit, a little bit of standing water here and there. Do you know what? Who made up this? At, at, at uh, half time, the referee. At half time, the referee came over and said the pitch is deteriorating. We might have to call this. Why? Off. Who, who <laughs> makes these standards up? I generally think the ref, the ref wants to go home. Refs on a promise. I mean, uh, yeah, as adult level, right? If you drown in standing water, you deserve it. 
I mean, like, what what is going on? How you can't... how messy does a how messy does a, a ruck have to be for someone to drown? I mean, I've, I don't know about you, but I used to watch Nine 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 as a kid, and cars used to regularly go into canals in that program, and they'd be underwater for fifteen minutes and they'd still survive. Standing water isn't it? It's not a threat. It's not a threat. And I, I, how long would I have to hold your face in standing water? Let's find out, Phil. Let's do an experiment and see how long it takes me to kill a man in standing water. Like, it's just, what are we, what are we complaining about? Well, the ref, the ref let the boys play today, so that's fine. Fantastic. Very good. We have to abandon it. It's so pathetic. Um, so, 5.30, Phil. 5.30. In Pool A, we've got the Bulls, who are, they've played 2-1-1 uh-huh. in Pretoria, hosting... Um, second top and one of only two teams who have got the maximum ten points. Mm-hmm. Exeter Chiefs, Exeter, who will who Rob Baxter said will be sending a good team to South Africa. Of course they will because they they top they they should qualify. Not only qualify, they should qualify with a home uh, last sixteen. It's tough though, isn't it? Because they're going to they're going to have to get that travelling out of their legs. Going there and coming back. Do you think that's a week? thing, Tim? I don't think it's a thing. You know, everyone talks about travelling and being a problem. So I it must never be a thing. This problem. So I, I, it's a thing, Phil, Phil. You've played enough games at like um, national one level, as I have, where you have a long bus trip. Oh, those and play a game, and th- six, that is yeah, tough. those like six eight hour bus trips. So there are, there are two things with this. Obviously, they're not travelling the day of the game, like times when we we're playing away at Lon- in London or um, the southwest. You're on the on a bus for like four or five hours, yeah, and you you arrive an hour before kickoff. Try and walk yeah. it walk it off. That's not much fun. Now this no. this is a different sort because for the first question be so they've got twenty hours. They've got a day of travelling. They've got yeah. they've got a week in between. So when do they travel? Because the closer you travel to the game that you've just played, the you're going to compromise your recovery because you're squashed in an airplane seat for mm. twenty hours. The the um, Closer you or further away from the game you just played, the closer you are to the game that you're going to play. So neither way is great, in all honesty. No, no it's and not. it's it, that that is that part, JB. It's the it's the sleep, the way it affects your sleep. You can't eat properly. The oh, that yeah. dehydrated. You sound like Prince Harry. You sound like Prince Harry. Recycled air. <laughs> Send it to your therapist, mate. I don't, I don't care. Like, what are you talking about? It's fine. No, what I'm saying is, like, at, at the at the very elite level, that 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 little few percent that that travelling has has on you can make the difference between winning and losing. Nah. But well, the, the the interesting thing will be so Exeter. Obviously, it's you're going midsummer. You're going from uh, midwinter to midsummer. So there will be, even just going from, I bet it was five degrees in Exeter on Saturday, and they'll be playing in 30 plus degrees in Pretoria. Good. Enjoy it. <laughs> so that is a tough ask, but... It's a, I'm just going to say it again, have a great time, Exeter. This is a farce that this game is happening. Oh. South African teams should not be in this competition. Oh, and it's also... I a, hate it. It's I also, hate it. It's also at altitude. Unless BT Sport <laughs> want to send me to an away game, in which case I'm all for it. <laughs> Oh, it's also altitude. Never mind, boys. See you around. Thirty-five degrees at altitude. Bye. <laughs> you've got you've got twenty-four hours to prepare for it. Um, with all that said, come on, Exeter. Give yeah. me Exeter cheese. Come on, Exeter. Let's do it. And I'll be watching that game over La Rochelle Ulster as much as your boys. I just think it might be curtains for your boys. Uh, uh, sadly, oh, no, I know. I would record that game and watch that. I'll record that and watch that after. Sad- Freud, yeah. Sadly, sadly, uh, La Rochelle are top of. T- um, Pool B, unbeaten. Ulster have lost both their games and lost them handily as well. So, 
Sadly, Ulster are in a bit of a funk at the moment. And La Rochelle are definitely going to win that. Yep. Um, and then it's 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 not as inspired. It's kind of two. It's a round of great games, one p.m. and at five thirty p.m. Three fifteen is all, uh, is all right. Three fifteen is going to be the eight, too. The eight p.m. is a bit. Uh, Was it eight p.m. as well? So we got in Pool A, uh, unbeaten near the top um, in third place. Saracens host third from the bottom in Leon. That fine. Who I'll Leon will capitulate? Yeah. They'll, just, they'll just focus on the top 14. Yep, next. Um, and in Pool B, we've got Mid-Table Ospreys. Yep. Uh, 1-1 lost one against Mid-Table Montpellier. Give me one Ospreys. 1-1 one, one lost one. Sounds mental. Give me Ospreys. They need yeah, a... Ospreys, that's, quite, that's a big game for Ospreys. I hope they can get a good crowd there. I and, think, um... you know, they're sneaky good. That sounds ridiculous. I saw them against um, Leicester, and they shook them up. I think Borthwick Leicester, this is not Wigglesworth Leicester. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they also ran a depleted Leinster very close this weekend. They just seem to be doing some interesting things. So, yeah, give me Ospreys. Mm. And, and, they, and they beat Montpellier. What am I talking about? Hmm? They beat no, Montpellier. They've already beat them. Yeah, they've already beat them once. Yeah. Just looking at the whole, and we'll get you up, Phil will run you through Sunday's games, but when you look at the fixtures overall, I think this is one of the issues with there being so many teams yeah, I don't care. I don't care about any of these things. A lot, a lot of, some of these games are just not as insp- inspiring as it normally would be. At this completely stage. agree with you, mate. I just want to finish this podcast and go to bed. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy just to talk about the Premiership teams and then give, call it a day. Cool. Cast, cast v Edinburgh, London Irish v Stormers, Racing v Quins. Oh, all well, all well worth a watch. Do that. <laughs> give me, actually, give me Edinburgh um, to beat Cast. So. Um, Rassing beat Quinns, did they? Give me yes. Give me Rassing. Rassing, who sent a rested team to Montpellier tonight. Actually, that's that's only just so, finished as we're recording this. So Quinns will want to beat Rassing, obviously, even though they've lost two, haven't they? Because they lost in South Africa, and they'll have to go to the stoop. So actually, that could be a good good little tussle. Hmm. Well, actually, hang on. Rassing Quinns beat Rassing, didn't they? I thought Rassing beat Quinns. No, Rassing have lost played two, lost two. Oh dear. Oh right, yeah, that makes that okay. Yes, that one's pretty. That's that's a pretty good way to finish the weekend's rugby. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. that one. I'll reluctantly watch that. Hmm. Excellent. Right. Well, there we go. Finished. Done. Let's go home. All done. All done. Where 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 can people find us, JB? That's a great question. Well, they can find us on all good uh, podcast apps and some bad ones. iTunes, Acast. Acast doesn't exist anymore as, as an app. Does it not? No. So you can't do that. Um, Spotify. We're on Spotify too. You can uh, email uh, email us. Uh, Contact HHS at Gmail, which is by far the best way to get, um, well, any kind of sensible response. Or <laughs> even tweet us occasionally. That would be fine too. Oh, and of course, for all the absolute dirt and filth which we miss out on the, miss out on the main podcast, there's Patreon. Oh, yes. So if you really want the gritty, grimy, inside, whingy line, Patreon. Yes, and go back and listen Patreon. to... Patreon.com slash Egg Chasers, yeah. Go back and listen to some of the, the post-Malaga, the post, um, post-Dubai post for you, JB. Oh. Oh. We, should, we should just do a... We should charge we, it. Do you know we what we should do? Page, <laughs> Patreon podcast, genuinely, should, we should get some Negronis going and just open the mics. Oh, well, we've done, we did that... Was it Christmas last year where we, I brought a load of um, oh, high-end yeah. craft, craft ales? Craft beers. Yeah. Teepers and neepers. 
Oh, maybe we should do that again. Let's, yeah, let's do another beer. Let's do another. Uh, we'll all bring a. We'll all bring a beer, and we'll um. We'll have the, as long as it takes us to drink the the beers that we all bring. Fantastic. Oh, and, yeah, and let's do that. One other thing, um, to to be confirmed, but we are eyeing up uh, either the penultimate weekend or the final weekend of the Six Nations, going to watch one of the tier two six nations and it's it's all been restructured and it's going to be a semi-final and final uh so we'll see who's likely there's, there's two tiers of it because there's now eight teams in that or we so, go to seville and watch seville rugby play and watch everything on tv yeah that's what i'd prefer to do well we'll see well we'll see where we're definitely going to well it looks like we're going to see spain v argentina before the world cup we'll be doing in madrid 100 percent, we'll be doing that definitely be doing that as well in august Oh, yes. Life's not too bad, is it, boys? <laughs> All right. See there you on the go. next podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.